we're going live with the new broadcast setup. Oh, yeah. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. We are live for the MMA huddle. I am hopefully coming to you nice and clear. Got a new setup. Got brought, I got a fiber fitted, so I'm hoping that. New settings, new surroundings, new setup. Uh, sorry that Big Willie style is not here, ladies and gentlemen. Big Willie is uh, tied up. If any of you at home are family, got a got a children or anything like that in your life, you'll understand that uh, stuff like that happens. He also has other things going on in the world. Uh, he'll if you follow his channel, uh, Will Martin's channel MMA, uh, you'll see as well. He'll probably put a little me a message out there for everyone to keep him updated. For anyone that subscribes to his channel, but I hope everyone is doing well. Uh, happy Independence Day for everyone across the pond. If you're in the uh, US, um, I hope you're all having a great time. Hope you had a great long weekend. And of course, if you're based in the British Isles, if you're from the Isle of Man, it's uh, Timble Day. So we've both got a celebration on both sides of the ponds. And yeah, look, I just want to send love to everyone. I hope everyone's keeping well, keeping safe. That's the main thing. And um, I see that a lot of things going on right now uh, with the football. Sadly, uh, England are doing well, which not being English, it's not what you want to see, but hopefully they'll get knocked out by the Danish. I'd love to hear Euro predictions if you think they're going to win. And uh, yeah, we're going to break down this UFC 264 card. We've had a week off. We had a nice little break, uh, and they're hitting us hard with this. You know, they're coming at us with Dustin Poirier, Conor McGregor trilogy. Uh, the card as a whole, you know, there's a handful of cheeky fights on there that I think have gone on the radar. But as overall, it's okay. I feel like we got short-handed by the Sean O'Malley fight, um, but you know, it's one of those things. Tom is good to see you, man. What does Conor do if you lose Dustin? I think he sleeps really hard on that millions and millions of dollars that he made from selling his shares in his whiskey brand to uh, that to the company. I can't remember the name of the company now, but apparently he made an astronomical amount selling his side of it. Uh, I, I, it doesn't matter what he does. He's still the face of the brand of the, of this whiskey, but I, man, I've got to be honest with you. I, I'm, I'm curious about what Connor's going to do, brother. I am with you, man. I'm curious about what he's going to feel, what he's going to do, where's the hunger, where's the drive, because I understand with Khabib out of the picture, he bounced back. As soon as Khabib was out of the picture, he came along for, oof, got a chance here to get that belt again, but it's that division's a different kettle of fish, and now with Charles Oliveira at the helm, man, I am absolutely stoked to see what can happen with it. Um, so if he does lose to Dustin, man, I... Maybe trying to sell himself in a boxing match, but what else can he do? You know, there's the Nate offer there, maybe. The value in Nate's gone down a bit, Connor and Nate, but it gets to the point then where Connor's not the big draw anymore. So so for him, realistically, from a from a career point of view, he needs the W, but um we're gonna jump into the card though then. See now where we've got a few in. Oh, here we go. Tom's probably kicking off there. Yeah, since Khabib, yeah, Connor hasn't been the same, and I can't see him being top lightweights. That's the thing. Like Mike Chandler in that division too. What would Mike Chandler be like for Conor McGregor? You know the the kind of speed that Mike Chandler has, the wrestling that he has. You know, there's there's a couple of new fresh faces for him to deal with in that division itself. So it's a lot to take in. Um, there's a lot for, for for us to absorb with Conor McGregor now compared to a few years back. That division changes in a way that you've got Dustin Poirier, who's another level, and he's just one of Justin Gaethje. He's not a chance against Conor. So. Man, a lot, a lot of questions, Thomas. But uh, great that you're joining in, brother. 
Um, we're going to j- jump into the first fight in the card. I'm going to quickly make little timestamps because, like I said to you, ladies and gentlemen, we get the little timestamp warriors who kick off if I don't make a mark. Um, I'm going straight down the 185 division. We've got Alan Amedovsky against, here we go, Yo Zhang Hu. Uh, man, I don't understand uh, Yo Zhang getting even signed to the UFC. Came in as a 3 0 fighter for basically a couple of cans on the regional scene or guys with no zero to no experience. It's not a good, he's not a good fighter. Here we go. Kai Robinson. How you doing, Kai? <laughs> uh, does uh, put it outclass Connor within three rounds. I believe Connor has no passion for the sport. Um, he has passion for money and sometimes money's a factor. Money can drive a guy to fight. Um, if you need it, he doesn't necessarily need it. And the money he'll make off this fight, it's going to be it's going to be pennies to the money he makes from the brand that he that he had with the whiskey. Uh, while I'm here, I'll just quickly have a quick look at the value that he did sell. Uh, uh, McGregor, here we go. Let's have a look here and see what I can find for you guys. Sells uh, proper twelve. Here we go. Um, there you go. Along with the co-founders, you go. So there's majority shares, pop whiskey, six hundred million dollar deal. I. Six hundred million. Like, why does he even? He doesn't even need to get out of bed in the morning, man. If I'm getting paid that money, I why would I want a punch in the face? Connor got ten minute max in him. UFC betting experience. Good to see you, brother. Hope you keep him well. Um, max in him before uh, it doesn't get him out. Yeah, he he does gas out because if he does explode, because Connor McGregor's style is explosive movements. He he isn't a guy on nutrition. He is a guy on explosion. I will talk obviously when I get to his fight about him and Dustin the first time, uh, second time round. Henry Connor is going to win this first round if it lasts more than one round. Dustin wins. Well, that's the thing. When it's a five round fight, a lot of guys fight for five rounds. They fight for the style of five five uh, five round fight. With Connor, he does kind of tend to want to get that fight over and done with pretty quick. And like I say, we'll jump onto that momentarily um, when we get through these other. Prelim cards uh, and other fights, but like I said, Young Zhang, uh, who he, man, Cyril Asker absolutely walked that all over him. Rashad Coulter, what, one eight, uh, 205, was a pretty painful experience to watch. You know, there's, there's not much clean striking on him. He comes a bit aggressive, goes for the clinch work on a cage. He's fighting a guy in Alan Emanovsky, um, who outside of the UFC, hell of a lot of power in his hands. Got stopped by John Phillips with the overhand left in like 14 seconds. But prior to that, the Jotko fight, he just got outgrappled in that fight. Or just outworked by Jotko's kind of new style. But on Bellator, the guy's got a lot of one-punch power. I think they've, they've got more invested interest in Alan Agmedovsky. They feel like the guy's probably going to put a bit more of an entertainment show for them. And with the guy like this, like Toro's going to get I think I think you might see him get stopped, man. He's dropping again from heavyweight to light heavyweight down to 85. Alan Minovsky, I can see him getting a stoppage here. Like I haven't seen the betting lines for it, but I can definitely see him getting a, a, a KO in that fight. So for me, I've got to go one way, and that is all day Alan uh Alan here. I think he gets gets a stoppage. Uh I'm gonna jump down to the 125 division. Uh let me just uh oh, do you know what? If I forget, I'll forget and then people will moan and I have to do it. Let me get the timestamps up. Here we go. And by the way, you can feel free to talk about the Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier fight all the time during the, during the whole stream. Obviously, it's the, it, it is the one that's capturing everyone's attention. It's the fight that everyone's interested in. I 100% agree. Uh, I obviously, I'm just trying to pay a balanced respect to 
the other fights and talk about those. So feel free to pitch in any time about any of the other fights, guys. Um, so Shao Glass, Zuma, Gulov. Uh, and he's taking on Dramon Rivera. Uh, it's, it's a pink slip fight. It's the best way to describe it. Both of them, like you've got... So, Chalgas is 0-2 in his last two fights. You've got Jerome, who's 0-3, which I'm surprised he even got another fight in the UFC because of that. Um, he won a Dana White Contender Series, but since then, he's, you know, I, I've been curious about what he's offered. He's been stopped twice. Uh, Tyson Nam stopped him. Ode Osborne stopped him. He had a battle with uh, Figueredo, Francis, Francisco Figueredo. Shao Glass, on the other hand, he's a really he's a bit more of a toughened battle guy. He doesn't like tall fighters, though, so this fight actually weirdly kind of suits Jerome a little bit. Uh, can you see Connor going back to featherweight? Nah, Thomas, Tom, uh, Thomas, I can't see him go down featherweight again. 145 is a hell of a cut, and the problem with the 145 cut, my brother, it, it, it's too much on the body. For someone like Connor now, he's definitely physically grown out of 145. Fighters tend to do that. Dustin Poirier is another example. He wasn't. He's not going down to 145. There's a there's a kind of balance between where you're, what age you are, your physical strength, and ability to get down to that weight class, and where you can get yourself to that weight class as a healthy way and fight it that way. And he's able to, and it seems that Connor, I don't think he would go down to 145. I just don't think it's any good for him. Um, he'll go, Shao Glass, easy win here for Jerome, not UFC level. Yeah, I, I kind of thought that about Jerome. Shao Glass, on the other hand, like he, he did beat Ali Balintinov in a split decision. So he's a very, and he beat Tagir Ulanbekov. So he kind of said, and he beat Tyson now. So you've got three solid guys with reputable names who has been on the regional scene. He kind of just fell short in his fights. I felt that when he fought uh, Amir Albazi, he kind of had a bit of difficulty with the height and the range. Jerome hasn't mastered his height and range yet. He hasn't quite mastered that side of the fight. But I do see this one going to the distance. I definitely see a free rounder in this. And um, Let's see. Can you see him going to welterweight to challenge Usman? He won't get near Usman, Thomas. He wouldn't get a title fight because if he... As a hypothetical, if he if he'd lost to Dustin Poirier, it's too much of a hard sell to say, look, you lost it, you lost again. Have a shot at one seventy. Like, who's he going to beat at one seventy, man? <sighs> like, yeah, you could do him against Jorge Masvidal. Maybe that would be a fun one. You know, you have got to think about one guys who get, get, think about dudes who one seventy that he could go up against. I think he'd get eaten alive in that division. I really do. I, I think he'd have a horrid time. I thought Nate Diaz is a 155er who just didn't cut the weight. I think as a whole, he would not have a good time with that. So, um, yeah. But back to this fight, I think Shao Glass has a, a workload uh, that he puts out, that kind of high energy, the movement. I think he might be able to get the decision win. It's not a fight I'm overly excited about. It is a pink slipper. Whoever takes the loss, it depends what hunger you got. But with Jerome losing three in a row, it shows that on his third attempt, he just wasn't cutting the mustard to get that W. So, you know, I kind of look past that. And I, I think that he's probably just not ready for the UFC or he's just not going to be UFC level. Um, so I'm going by, uh, bypass him and go with Shagwas. Yeah, I think Shagwas can actually get himself back in a win, get himself a UFC win. I don't like these fights because one of them, both of them, realistically probably need to get cut. If you can't get a win, why would you put them against each other? Uh, but those are, that's such a life. We're going to 185 division. Uh, we're going to quickly go there. Oh, wait, there, wait, there, Gustav. I'm going to jump in here, brother, and uh, 
big one this weekend. Yeah, very pumped. Yeah, I'm going uh, with Aldar. Oh, Dustin Poirier, hard for decision. You think it'll go five rounds, bro? Man, I, I would be surprised if it went five rounds. I really would. Um, I I'd just be surprised if Connor would last five rounds with the boxing that Dustin Poirier offers, the power in his hands. I'd be surprised if it went five rounds. I'd either, I definitely see a finish from either party. And like I said, one fifth, uh, one eight five division. You've got. Uh, Omari Akhmedov against Brad Tavares. Um, a pretty middle ground kind of middleweights. You know, the two of them are never going to be kind of fighting the elite, the elite levels. Um, Akhmedov got a, got, a, got a win back over Tom Breeze after losing to Chris Weidman. That was that was his big opportunity for Akhmedov to kind of get into and break the kind of top 10, top 5 kind of well, uh, middleweight division. Was falling short with Chris Weidman, who I thought was beatable. But again, Akhmedov is a guy who has got a lot of power for the first round and then he's just tough and he's got like no neck, can take a bit of a hit and he just gets those first rounds or so in the way and he gets that out of him. But Brad Tavares, on the other hand, you know, Brad Tavares is a dude, he lost Israel Adesanya, as we all know at the time. He wasn't, be, he wasn't champion, but he led, He went on to a great run. Uh, Edmund Shabazian, who in, in his own right was a fantastic um, finishing, finish there from him. And then he got the win back against Antonio Carlos Jr., who's since been cut by the UFC. But as a whole, Brad Tavares, he's a very good veteran of the sport, fantastic all-rounder. I like what he can bring. I like the striking that he can bring. Tavares has got a decent enough chin. I think with... Um, Akhmedov, he's going to definitely try to clinch and maybe grapple a bit with uh, Brad Tavares because Brad Tavares, he trains, as you know, with Ray Sefo, does a lot of the kickboxing, a lot of footwork. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of torn because I think if Brad Tavares can just keep his chin tucked in a bit more, he could probably have the better of the exchanges here. I think he could definitely get the better of this fight. Um, Akhmedov, if he gets the fight to the ground, that's, that's going to be his go-to. But... I'm going to go Brad Tavares. I think he's got such a, a great coaching kind of uh, game and, a, and people around him. I do feel Brad Tavares gets a little bit overlooked in fights. Veteran of the UFC, ton of experience, great footwork, great hands, power as well. I think he could definitely uh, put the workload on Akhmedov. Akhmedov isn't a guy who's a fan of people with a high workload, and that's something that Brad Tavares brings to the table. Uh, quick for... Quick wet the old cockles there, ladies and gentlemen. Next up, we are jumping over to the ladies 125 division. We've got Jennifer Meyer against Jessica I. Um, and I is has got an OnlyFans account and she is pushing that hard. I think it's some crazy one, like you can pay an astronomical amount for just pictures. It's why would you do that? I'm not being funny, you stand on a weighing scale in your underwear, people get enough from that love. You got Jessica Rye coming back again. She's lost two MMA bouts, so she lost to Cynthia Carvalho against and against Joanne Calderwood. And between those, she's lost two grappler matches as well. Uh, she's at that stage, really at that point on her on her career where she's not going up in skill set. The girls around her are evolved and growing as mixed martial artists. Because they're a bit younger and they, and they're just you know she's the veteran of the game she's been around a long time. Can she put one over on someone like Jennifer Meyer, who in her own right she's thirty two years old. She had a, a nice little few wins. She got a decision loss to Caitlin Kukin, which was awful. Because let's be honest, Caitlin Kukin is 
I'll say it once, I'll say it again, a female tennis player in MMA. But Valentina Shevchenko got a decision against Maya. And, and, and to be honest with you, that was a hard-fought fight. Great fight to watch. I really enjoyed it. Um, Muay Thai 23, great to see her, brother. Jessica I needs to be serving drinks and nachos in the crowd. She's trash. <laughs> she's... I just think she's stagnated in the sense that the 125 division was where she always claimed she was meant to be. When she got the opportunity, don't get me wrong, she got a handful of wins. She got the chance against Valentina Shevchenko, proclaimed she was going to be kicking ass, getting the belt and being there at the top. Shevchenko kind of went, nope, I'm going to spark you out, bitch. And she did rightfully so. Jennifer Myers is just a dogged fighter. This is something about Jennifer Myers. She is so gritty. She's got the grappling. She, she's decent on her back, decent on top as well. She's aggressive with the striking. Jessica, I will be probably trying to keep her on the outside. Um, here we go. I think Maya got this one. Gustav, there you go. And I, I just feel like that Jennifer Maya, Jennifer Maya is going to be so in front of Jess, uh, Jessica I's face. Jessica I would be wanting to try and box her, her way through this fight with three rounds, pumping on the jab, just pump that jab out, pump that jab out, and just keep her on the end of them. That's what her goal will be. I just can't see it. There's going to be a lot of exchanges of grappling, a bit of two and throwing on the ground. She never evolved as a fighter in Muay Thai 23. I kind of feel like that. I feel like she never really expanded what her arsenal was and what her skill sets were. She has obviously tried to do the grappling competitions, which I I will say, well done. Can't I take my hat off to it. She's expanded her skill set in that way. But I feel like sometimes it's a little bit too late. She should have been doing this a long time ago, really pushing herself, putting her name out there to get those kind of bouts. So I'm kind of on the journey from my other side. I think she can be super aggressive. She could cause a lot of problems for Jessica I. I just think Jessica's not going to get that time that she wants in that cage, the bit of distance, and get those Ws. So, yeah, I'm going, I'm going that way. But at the same time, you never know what's going to happen. Uh, next up, we have let's see here. Ba, 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 ba. We have got in the 145 division, Ryan Hall against Ilya Tapura, like which is a insanely, disgustingly fun fight. Like I am. All over this one. When I saw this, I thought it's a grapple fest with uh, insane potential. Ryan Hall is a guy who's kind of stuck in the MMA world. You know, 2015, UFC tough finale, gets a decision win against Artem Lobov, and then he had a great Maynard win. You know, two guys who aren't that superb, but for great for Ryan Hall in his MMA career, perfect opportunities. BJ Penn heel hook. Don't get me wrong, the heel hook was sexy as fuck, but at the same time, that wasn't a great win. BJ Penn in 2018 was embarrassing. Darren Elkins, that was a good win in 2019. I thought that was a decent win for him. I was surprised he got the W there. I thought Darren Elkins could have got the win over him with a bit of veteran movements, but overall, he's been stuck since 2019, getting nothing, fights falling through, and it just hasn't worked out for him. So for someone who's been out for two years, it's a long time to be out. If you're Ryan Hall, two years out of MMA, but then again, how much has Ryan Hall learned in MMA? Like, how much has he developed his striking? Has he worked on his footwork? Has he pumped a bit of size on him? Has he, you know, worked a little bit on other little skill sets that we haven't seen? We don't know. And he could very well be putting that show on to us. Tapura, on the other hand, he had a great one against Damian Jackson. Damian Jackson, he showed power in his hands that it wasn't really clear at the time. 
got that finish and it just looked like his hands were sharp and powerful the Yusuf Zalal fight that was a great one if you look at his regional shows as well you know you had him fight on there with some great submission games and one thing about it is the submissions he's getting aren't the same ones it's not like he has a set goal where he goes triangle specialist or a head knob joke he's getting variable variable chokes so his submission opportunities are there all the time Ryan Hall don't get me wrong insanely high-level grappler, so he's probably not going to get fallen into it. Uh, Lila will put, put a beating on the old man. Lila's a scary prospect. I'm, I'm, I'm UFC better experience. I, I kind of am with you on this one. I am going to say, I'm with Tapura. I think his hand speed and his power is something that Ryan Hall's not going to appreciate. Ryan Hall will want Tapura to engage in a grappling bout, get the fight to the ground, and that's where Ryan Hall will feel comfortable. He'll feel like, this is my world. Come involved. And I'll take you to choke town because Ryan Hall is. It's not to say Tupur is not the high level grappler, but he's just not that there is levels to grappling. And Ryan Hall, in his own right, is probably one of the strongest, best gra- best grapplers in the UFC, bar none, like straight grappling. Tupur, though, I just. Ryan Hall's got to get the fight to the ground, you know, and that's something he's lacked. He hasn't got wrestling. In Brazilian jiu jitsu competitions, he could get away with pulling guard jumping, grabbing a leg and lying there or playing possum on his back, etc. He can get away with that because with the grapple, with a grappling competition, you, the only way to grapple is you have to engage. So if your opponent goes on their back, you get to go on top, you can start to do stuff. Except, so it, it plays out well both ways. But for me, I feel like here Tapura can keep the fight on the feet and really put a pace in, and put a beating on Ryan Hall. I think Ryan Hall might be end up being a bit bloody and messed up after this one. And I think to pour a sharp enough on the ground to kind of ev- to kind of evade enough uh, from Ryan Holt to not get uh, tapped out. I'm going to go up now to the 185 division, where we've got uh, Duplice against Giles. Now I'm like I'm, I'm looking forward to this one because I like Duplice as a fighter. I think he's an entertaining dude, uh, super aggressive, and just comes forward. The Mark Perez debut gets a knockout, gets a great stoppage. Wonderful work. Uh, Trevin Giles, he has shown as well since his Zach Cummings loss in Gerald Murchak. He showed a bit of evolution. He got split decision win with James Krause, who, like, James Krause of 155 going up to 185. It was that was that wasn't something that I was overly impressed about. But the Bevan Lewis fight, he got that stoppage in the third round. So I was that was kudos to him. And the Roman Deloys fight, that was a that Dulid's fight, that was a solid win. That was a really good, impressive win, man. Because I thought Roman would absolutely go to town on someone like Trevor Giles and just dominate the whole three rounds. And he held his own. I was I was taken aback by that. But for me, I'm looking at this fight. Trevor Giles is going to try and slip punches, try and be evasive and land some kind of counter strikes. The police just want to be aggressive, man. He's going to want to get in the face. He's going to want to try and hurt you hard. And this is where you're going to get a counter of styles, man. If Trevor Giles can use the footwork and movement to evade the strikes, or if, if the police can be aggressive and get those stoppages in. I, I, I'm not sure on this one if Trevor Giles is going to be able to evade what the police can offer, man. But here we go. The police round for <laughs> round three finish, please. Man, I, I'm guessing you got some hopefully you got some money on there, bro. But if he can get a third round finish, that'd be awesome. Trevor Giles, you know, he doesn't. I just feel like the output from him is just so lackluster. There's opportunities to get ahead of him on a judge's scorecards and also hurt him. And as long as you don't get 
get taken to the ground, which should be good. But you've got to look at what the police has got. He's got some great chokes as well, man. He gets, he does, he can and does get involved in striking wars where he can get caught. If he can just avoid it, be smart and really put a show on here, he could definitely get a W. And that'd be a great one against Giles, who's got a little bit of a work on a little bit of an up. Someone on the up trend as well is good for your marketing. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he can bring. I'm probably going for uh, the police here. I think he's. He's got a lot about him. Super excited to see what he can do in that fight. Uh, now we're going to go to the next matchup, which is 170 pounds. Two dudes, Nick, Nico Price and Michelle Pereira. The pair of them, you don't know who you're or what you're going to get. That's kind of like the thing about these guys. They're kind of exciting in that way because you don't know what the stars are going to get. Like Nico Price, he's, he literally goes out there. He got uh, a no contest with. Donaldson running, but if you look at the Vincent Luque fight, got a stoppage there. Then he stopped James Vick with a drop kick. Then he got stopped by Jeff Neal. Then he stopped Tim Means. Then he got stopped by Al Hassan. Then he stopped Danny Brown, the hammer fist. The dude is either getting stopped or stopping someone. The dude just doesn't know what a decision is. He's full ball, goes way in and just goes crazy. It's fucking nuts. The Donald Cerrone one is the first time he's had that. And other than that, Manico Price is crazy fucking crazy for that shit. He's just aggressive, loves to throw, loves to bang, takes a hit. He's got good cardio and he seems to be doing like a lot of yoga. Uh, from looking on social media streams, he's looking in freakishly good shape, very dexterous, uh, Maybe he's just trying to evolve himself and trying to prepare himself a lot better, get his body right for the fight game. But he's fighting a man in Michelle Pereira. Decision win against Chaos Williams, which I, I I was quite impressed with. I was impressed by both parties in that fight. I thought Chaos Williams did good to get three rounds in him. Uh, the more experience he can get like that will only bode him well because he's got the pop in his hands. He just has to learn to get the fakes, get the timings, get the footwork. But for me, Pereira, he's, he's bounced back after a couple of losses. Um, and he's doing well, you know. He's he's solid. He's showing that he can control his control his flamboyant behavior. That's the word I was looking for. He can control his flamboyant behavior, which we all see is a bit fucking crazy. I was a bit stuck because I don't know who I'm going to get today. I don't know if I'm going to Nico Price, who's going to be crazy, aggressive, be a pain in the ass and just put someone away. Or I'm going to get Michelle Pereira, who's going to be wild and crazy. Or are they both going to be sensible, smart, and be tacticians and fight this fight properly? I don't know. I don't know. They're fucking crazy. So I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with the crazy one. I'm going to go Nico Price. He's a crazy son of a bitch. Doesn't hold back and he's fun to watch. I'm going to Nico Price. Don't get me wrong. A lot of people are probably going to go for Pereira. Is what it is. I'm going for a bit of fun on this one. I think you can bring a lot to the table and bring a lot of uh, entertainment for this fight. Uh, next fight, we're going to go up into the welterweight division. We've got Max Griffin against Carlos Condit. Man, like, Max Griffin. Man, the dude's a good... He's a good fighter. Like, like he's a... He's a good fighter. I'm a, Carlos Condit, though, is... He's not even... He's not even the same dude anymore, Carlos Condit. Like, those fights against Matt Brown and Court McGee, they were rough viewing. That was... It was like watching an old man of Carlos Condit. Like, he was poor in that fight, man. Did not enjoy it. When in doubt, pick the one who 
Well, looks like a crackhead. <laughs> that is defo, Mr. Price. Um, yeah. Man, Carlos Condit, nowhere near the same fighter, man. And he's now like, he fought Court McGee, who's just got a UFC extension. Court McGee's got four more fights in the UFC. So we get to watch three more decisions. Uh, four more decisions in his career. Awesome. Uh, Mac Brown, who wasn't even that great in a fight, man. That was rough in itself. Uh, Michelle was wild in every fight with fans. Three out of five he had in the UFC. Yeah, exactly. Oh, there's going to be fans this time. Yeah, could make a difference. In the last two, he looked good, but with no fans, something to think about. Yeah, very much so. He could just try and be the extravagant bitch and try to showboat, blow out in 30 seconds, and then Nico Price can take advantage of him. But like I say, in this one here, Max Griffin, I can't see how he loses, man. Like, he's got the grappling side of things. He started to use the hands a lot more. He seems to be able to, you know, I know he's not beating anyone, not, not being too many people worthy notes, but Carlos Condit in this day and age, I, I'm just not even keen on it, man. I just don't get it. I don't. I just don't see any value in Carlos Condit. He's not fighting anyone who's kind of out the door already. Um, He's not hitting, he's not throwing the power. He's not as aggressive as he was. Max Griffin, for me, is a, I think he's the safest bet, one of the safest bets on the card, man. I just, I, I'm not excited by Carlos Condit anymore. I'd maybe be excited if he fought Dan Hardy again because it would be a probably a fun one to do, but that's about as excited I was. I would get with a Carlos Condit fight, man. He's nowhere near the dude that he was in the WEC, came into UFC with a massive bang and just shocked the world. They just kicked ass for a while. It's not the same dude, man. Since retiring and coming back, it's just not the same. It's not as... Yeah, it's just not the freaking same, guys. Um, so I'm passing. I'm going to take a wide berth on Carlos there. Go on Max Griffin there. I think he could definitely get a, hot, a, a good win in this one too. Um here we go. So, uh, if you go wild, they'll have to pay a heavy price. Oh, you. That's a, that, that's a bad joke, but we like it, that joke. And we're, we're jumping into the main card. Apparently, this is going to kick off the main card, man. This is this is so bad. People are paying a pay-per-view, and this fight got made. 135 division. Sean O'Malley's going to fight a guy called Chris Martino, who got called up to the UFC. You had guys lined up in 135 saying they'll fight Sean O'Malley, and they went, yeah, but we're just going to get this guy who's a regional dude, who's not quite UFC level, and we're just going to get the motherfucker in the fight. I don't get it. Uh, hey, John. Hey, BP. Hope you're doing well, too. I'm all good there. Uh, I agree with you. Uh, I'm over here. Yeah, I see a lot of love over here. Uh, for who here? I think this is the weekend. Like underdog pick over Pracnio. Oh man, don't get me start. Don't get me start with Pracnio. That motherfucker. I don't get how that son of a bitch is still winning. He's got no chin. Just punch him in the freaking chin, people. You've seen him drop too many times. Uh, he drops. He drops quicker than a five dollar haul. I don't get it. Um, oh, makes no sense. Max pressure and volume should win. Yeah. When yeah, absolutely agree. You've seen better. I don't see. I, I think it's a safe bet, man. Uh, you have to look uh, past the Allen loss to Phillips. Yeah, you do have to look past that. No, I agree. I agree. That was that happens. That's happened to, to how many fighters that can happen to. There's a lot of guys that can happen to, and they get stopped with one punch, and that happens to anyone. Uh, prelims look sick compared to the main card, mate. When you're looking O'Malley against Chris Martini, when a, a, a plethora of dudes want to fight Sean O'Malley, 
and they didn't do it. I'm just thinking, why would you not just do what everyone wants? That's what people are asking for. Give them the fucking, give them the fight. Why would you not give people the fight? But I don't work with the UFC. I don't make the decisions. I think they see this as a potential for Sean O'Malley to get another kind of um, uh, like a showcase finish on pay-per-view. Good way to kick the card off. And, and that's all I can. Um, that's all I can fit. That's all I can think, think about. Really, that's I don't get it. Okay, let me just quickly go over to here. Yeah, Chris Martino. I watched him on the regional scenes. I wasn't overly impressed at all. I didn't see much about him that made me go, "That dude's going to kick ass." He's he's going to do the business. Like he's lost a couple of fights. The guy against uh, Andrew Salas, I thought that was a poor fight, man. The standard of fighting was poor from the pair of them. He didn't have. He seemed to. Yeah, he seemed hittable. His striking wasn't that great. Footwork wasn't that great. Didn't have the greatest cardio. I think it's a good one for Sean O'Malley to get back in. I know he says he's undefeated still, but man, like he should be able to win that one. Like Thomas Almeida fight, he should have got that done sooner. I think Almeida's chin is nowhere near where it used to be. But yeah, I just see that all day long, man. I, I can't look past the kid. It's just, it's just stupid to look past O'Malley on that one. Um, I wouldn't. I, I can only imagine what the odds are. To be fair, it'd be embarrassing to see what those odds were. Uh, we're going to go back up to the women's division at 135. Uh, and in that division, we've got Arena Aldana against Yana Kunitskaya. Two different style of matchups. You know, Yana Kunitskaya will want to grapple her, get close to the cage, close grip. If she can, reap her leg, get her to the ground, get on top and try to just grind out that fight. Obviously, a fellow is Tiago Santos, who has got the Muay Thai kind of striking background, but I just don't see Kunitskaya trying to apply that fight. Aldana is the polar opposite. She wants to get away from you. She doesn't want to clinch with you. She doesn't want to grapple with you. She just wants to punch in the face and get the fuck out of there. You know, look at who she's for, Aldana. Style up the matches that suit her really well. Like girls that want to stand with her, want to bang. Holly Holm did a great job in her, in her own right, beating her there, really put a kind of veteran kind of lesson on her. Couldn't Sky got back again in after a kind of gap of what about he, nearly, uh, what was it, 2019, 2000? So she had about a year. So a year off, she had about eight months off, eight months off, and then she had another bloody eight months off. But she got back. Two wins in a row. She's getting those wins back. She's getting those decisions back. She's looking good. The Aspen Lad fight, she keeps proclaiming that that wasn't uh, a stoppage. But as a whole, you've got two opposite style-up matchups here. What you're saying, brother, O'Malley round two KO is the only value bet here. I haven't even seen the odds, man. But prop bet in those odds, I would probably see you. I'd probably say you're right, brother. Um, but there's, like, it's not the best bet, is it? Like... You'd probably go for a KO just because it's going to be easy money, but that's about it. I might do a prop bet on that one myself. Uh, Aldana, for me, she's got great hands, quick hands. She's powerful, good footwork, good movement. Cut Sky needs to close off the cage. It's probably going to be a bigger cage. She has to close off the cage. Cut Sky needs to really work in that box, uh, that kind of dirty boxing, clinch game, grappling, get the fight to the ground. You know, she, she needs to get that. She needs to get those minutes on the clock on top control to get that decision win. Can I see her do it? Can I see Unix? Uh, can I see, yeah, can a Unix guy do it? I was kind of told in this one because I think Aldana's got great hands. She could box the face off Yana Kunitskaya. 
But when you look at some of the fights she's lost, although she does get caught with these girls, I'm going to go crazy with my little, my little badass kind of sky. I think she will. I think she can get the grappling gun done again. I kind of went with, on her a couple of fights when I shouldn't have, or she wasn't deemed as a favorite, but I'm going to go with you know, kind of sky here. I think she's a crazy bitch. can get this done. Um, yeah. But, oh, Adana's got good boxing, man. It's not an easy one, is it? Let's be brutally honest. Uh, yeah, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. Now, next one, ladies and gentlemen, is a really quick pick because I don't have any time for wife beers. I think uh, if you put your hands on a woman, you're a little bitch. Is the best way to put it. And I would happily fight and say that to the fat, to the fat fuck's face. Uh, Greg Hardy is fighting Tai Tuivasa. Tai Tuivasa is going to um, bum, bum him senseless. Uh, and just uh, penis mouth. I don't care. I've, I haven't got time for Greg Hardy. Absolute scum. Subhuman scum. So that's that one. That's how you do those picks, folks. Feel free to put your own picks in, but I haven't got time for a white beer. Uh, we've got next up with Gilbert Burns against Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Now, that is a freaking fight. What a fight that is. Like, Wonderboy, I feel like he's been gone for the longest time. I'm just happy the dude's back fighting again. Um, gosh, when was the last time he fought? He only fought, he fought in December, but it feels like the, it feels like even bloody longer than that. And before that, he fought in November. It's, gosh, he's had some gaps there, hasn't he? November, then December, gap, gap, gap. Dude. We need we need Wonderboy back in a bit more often. What is he now? He's 38 years old. Well, I can see why. I don't know how much longer the dude's got in him. And um, here we go. Boom. WBKO is coming. Plus 300. Okay. ML is good as well. Okay. I didn't I haven't seen the odds, but that's good, bro. Um yeah, Wonderboy KO, man. I I would not be shocked at that. I'll tell you why I can't I'll tell you why I can see it. It's the counter striking that Wonderboy offers. He's got a good angle. He's got a good way of reading people. He's very good at it. And one thing about Gilbert Burns is he likes to be aggressive. He likes to be overly aggressive with striking. The reason why he does that is because it suits him to the ground to get the grappling aspects going. He engages the clinch, goes for the grappling, get you down. One thing we've seen with uh, Wonderboy Thompson, if you look at the fights against, for example, um, Wonderboy Thompson, uh, sorry, Tyrone Woodley a couple of times. He had the fights there. Uh, Johnny Hendricks as well. Um, who else have you got there that's also grappling-based that he's, he's had to go down and throw with? Rory McDonald is a very good fighter that he beat too. Jorge Masvidal didn't put much. He lost to Wonderboy. He lost Darren Till at Liverpool. I was there for that, but that was there was no grappling really in that fight. It wasn't really grapple-based. You look at guys he's grappled against. He does really well. He does so well against them. He's got decent takedown defense. Man, I just—he's pretty solid all round. Any Wonder Boy Thompson, he's got good striking, good footwork. He evades strikes a lot. Man, he's had the time off as well to recover properly. Gilbert Burns is a monster. Like, did he hit his peak getting to fight Usman, and then obviously he lost that fight, got stopped in that fight. But did he like kind of start hitting that peak with that fight? You know. Was that title shot his last opportunity? And now he'll start to kind of be in the middle range of the welterweight division. I still think Gilbert Burns got a lot of bound for the division. I think his grappling aspect, I think his striking, which has come along leaps and bounds, is there. I think he's a lot of fun, Gilbert Burns. But I kind of fade. I kind of fade off Gilbert Burns here, not because I don't think he can get Wonderboy down. I just think 
the, the evasiveness of Wonderboy is going to be a problem for Burns. Burns hasn't fought someone that level of striking. You know, when you look at Woodley, he was just there, ready to hit. Damian Meyer, he was right there, ready to hit. Gordon Nelson got decision win there. That was a good one to go against. But I look at the other guys he's kind of t- taken on, defeated and fought against. And I just think, I don't know if you fought the guy that level of striking there, really. Hey, Wonderboy, he is a different, he's an exceptional fighter, exceptional striking man. I've got to go, hope Wonderboy pulls it off, but got to go with Burns. What is it makes you go with Burns, brother? I'm going Wonderboy in this one. I'm, I'm definitely picking Wonderboy. Uh, I think you can get a decision when it's only three rounds. He only has to evade the punches and grapple and ask the crazy punch exchanges, and he has to avoid takedowns for three rounds. He's got a good chance there, man, and I don't see why he couldn't do it. Uh, we're going to go next up to the main event, which is Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier. Three, not one, not two, but three. Dustin turned down the opportunity as well to fight for the 155 belt. Uh, I think it was a good choice, in my opinion. I think the bigger money fight is this one, the Conor McGregor. You know, he gets the win here. He'll get a title shot. Um, for Conor McGregor, he had the choice of really Dustin Poirier or... Nate Diaz for a trilogy again makes more money for him. I think he took this one as a bit of personal um, vendetta. Yeah, people forget Burns stopped. He dropped super oozement. He did. He did drop him. Yeah, he did. He caught him. He did punch him. He did. He, he has got power. I've never. I'll be honest with you. I, I've never said Burns hasn't had power. But you got. I just look at it. If I look at Usman and I look at Wonder Boy, I, I just. Wonderboy's not that kind of fighter to be there. I think Wonderboy's out by the time that punch comes. You know, I think the footwork is done now. I think Usman's not that guy. Usman's kind of going to stay there and stay in your face. He's probably going to take that hit because he's going to throw back and he's going to try and get you down. Um, but for me in this one here, man, Dustin Poirier, if you look at that first fight with Conor McGregor, he 100%, kudos to him, lost the first round, okay? Uh, 10th round, 10th round, how are you doing, brother? Tapura hype about to explode after UFC 264. Dude, Tapura is a monster. He's going to mess up Hall's face, man. Absolutely mess him up. Uh, so we're with you there too, man. But for me, yeah, the first fight, uh, sorry, the second fight they had, the first fight I don't look at too much. They're both at 145, but the second fight was a great one. You had Conor McGregor, first round, doing what he did. He was quick, fast, explosive, as he always is. He was landing, starting to land jab, getting jabs in the straights. Timing's right. Dustin Poirier was kind of sh- shelling up a little bit, taking those hits, parrying them off a bit, but he was f- snapping out those leg kicks. You know, they were just hitting out those leg kicks the whole time. Then he started to land his own strikes a little bit, but in the exchanges, Conor was having a better of the two. It's going to happen. This time around, you've got to think, how much can Conor McGregor change in his fighting style? His fighting style has always been, he's heavy on the front foot, bouncing back and forth, but he can't bounce like that for five rounds. He will definitely probably have done something to try and involve and invade that kind of calf kicking. I don't think Dustin's going to stop it. The southpaw to southpaw seems to be a bit of a problem for Conor McGregor, especially with Dustin Poirier. He's got the chin on him. Dustin Poirier can take a hit and keep going. He's got great cardio. His boxing, he showed in the second round that he starts putting a peating on you. He starts throwing those hands. It starts to hurt. And 
Dustin knew that he was getting those leg kicks and he knew those calf kicks were really starting to do the damage. Started to see it whittle down. You start to see Connor start to be a bit more flat forward. He wasn't evading as many punches because he wasn't able to explode off that front foot back out the way of the punches. And he saw Dustin just land a couple more, land a couple more, and you just start to see it all adding up. I don't see too many things different this time around. They keep saying to each other on social media, you know, don't be a bitch and jump for takedowns or don't do this, let's stand and bang. They did that the first time. I see them doing it this time too. I think Dustin's happy to stand and bang. I think he'll probably mask the leg kicks a bit more this time. He'll definitely work with Mike Brown, ATT, and the boys there. Um, and definitely trying to mask or set those calf kicks up more because they're there to be done. You cannot, you can't change a leopard's, print you know you can't if you're con mcgregor that's your style you have a, a way of fighting you like to bounce back and forth the first round he can do this very well starts to taper off the second and third you get past the first round with connor you start to enter a realm where the fight starts to come into your favor it definitely starts to start with connor the explosive power he has in the first then over the round it's each round it starts to come more in your favor because he's he, he just doesn't have the ability to go hard for five rounds. He really does not. His style doesn't match that kind of fighting. We saw in the boxing match with uh, Floyd Mayweather is a good example. He just started to gas, started to slow down, and slot people with punches and movement. He just doesn't have it. So with this, I see again, I see that he's going to fight Dustin. I think he'll have the better of the exchange in the first round. He'll take some calf kicks, maybe not as many calf kicks this time around in the first round. But come the second round, when things start to slow down, I think Dustin's going to go for the same again. He's, he's probably going to he needs to set them up a little bit better because Connor caught a couple, as we saw. Can't really afford to be getting those caught. I think he needs to definitely mask them, end them on the end of a combination. Don't be throwing them blind. Just don't throw them open. Like you know, just don't throw them on its own. Just throw a jab and a, anything. Just throw anything then a kick. Something then a kick. Just make Connor move, you know. Make him think. Even if Connor throws a punch, throw a calf kick straight back. You know, that's the just your immediate reaction. Not throw a punch, just throw the calf kicks. And it will absolutely decimate Connor. He will not be able to handle it. I don't see I, I don't see Connor winning it. Honestly, I don't. I think when you've got that much money in your bank, you're sliding your little your little silk pillows, you're waking up every day training in Abu Dhabi or wherever the hell it is, and you're having the luxury life. The, you know, the drive and determination, it starts to peter off. I don't care what anyone says. It definitely starts to calm down a bit, especially for someone like Conor McGregor. He likes to get the hype on him. He likes to get the attention and the money. But at the same time, has he ever defended a UFC belt? No. Has he ever defended a Cage Warriors belt? No. He's never even defended a title. So do I call him a great champion? Never. Do I think he's a very good fighter? And he's one of the, he's a very, very top, top fighter. I think he's a top fighter, not ever, but definitely a top fighter. That you know, this the past ten years, he's one of the, he's he's been a very good fighter. I don't, think, I don't, I don't pump his elite. I, I just don't. Um, so I'm kind of going on the Dustin Poirier side here. I definitely see him getting this. I can see Dustin Poirier getting a stoppage again, maybe third round. I think kind of, I'm going to give Conor a bit of respect. I can see definitely getting third round stoppage here. Um. So I'm going to jump over to the betting side of things. Do you know what I forgot to say at the start of the video? Is if, you, if you're watching, can you hit the like button? It takes two seconds to help with the algorithm. Uh, if you comment and subscribe, if you're new, hit that subscribe button. It would be great to have new people on the channel. Um, and again, if you're part of the Ape Nation and you're AMC strong, hold 
hold people because we are going to the moon and the hedgies are going to get wedgies and that's what it's all about let's do it people uh, so let's go to the betting side of things uh so we've got it down here. I'm going to look at some some of the odds. See, I haven't got any prop bets or anything. I can just do straight bets on there. So uh, Alan against uh, Yozong. You've got here, what is it? So Alan's like a 140 favorite, looks like 150, 150. Uh, and Yozong's at a plus, what's that, plus 130. Alan's a good, that's a good bet, 140, 150. You know, I'd take that. If I can get those numbers, I'd do a straight bet for him on that. Uh, Rivera against Shao Glass. Uh, Rivera's, Wow, plus two ninety, and then Shao Glass is like a minus four hundred, nearly bloody. I'd probably be close to minus four hundred. Come fight down, uh, stay clear of that one. You probably want to do um, over two point five rounds. That is something I think you should look at if you're going to do bets on that fight. I think that'd be a good one to look at. Um, Brad Tavares against Amari Akhmedov. What you got here? So Tavares favorite at minus one seventy. Akhmedov again plus one forty underdog. Uh, I, I, I was picking Tavares, but I still probably wouldn't put any money on that fight because I, 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 Akhmedov can sometimes surprise people as he has done recently. Uh, Jennifer Meyer is coming in as a hot favourite, minus 200 against Jessica Rye. She's maybe a parlay piece, Jennifer Meyer here. Jessica Rye, minus 160. I don't see much money on that one, but if you look at the police here, he is a minus 120 and Giles is minus 110. Pretty much a fig. It's going to be a pick and fight come that. And I, I do think it's a tight contest. Um, so I would probably avoid that one from the betting perspective. Um, Michelle Pereira and Nico Price. Pereira is minus 170. Nico Price, 130. Nico Price for an undog money. That's not bad at all. I don't mind a cheeky little couple of bit, a couple of money to, a couple of quid to the side. That is not a bad bet. Tapura Ryan Hall, though. I would go with a KO Tapura as a prop bet. He is a minus two. 50 here and Ryan Hall is a plus 200. I'd definitely go to pour a plus uh, on. I probably get pro, uh, good money for that. Probably get plus money for a KO. Carlos Condit is a plus 150 and Max Griffin is a minus 190. Again, there's not much money in that one unless you do a prop bet. Max Griffin, maybe get a decision win. You could do plus two and a half rounds. And um, O'Malley is Jesus fucking Christ. He is like a minus 900 fire against. Moratino is a plus 600. Absolute joke, isn't it? Uh, not even... It's like pissing in the wind looking at that fight. What's the point of making that? Aldana is minus 120. Yana Kunitskaya, eh, she's like a plus 100. Pretty much going to turn him into a pick him on the night, probably. Aldana and Kunitskaya is tight on that. Uh, wife beater against Tai Tuivasa. Tai Tuivasa, minus 140. He's the favourite. Good money there. I'd put money on Tai Tuivasa. Uh, could become a legend in my eyes. Gilbert Burns is a plus 140 against Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, who's a minus 150, man. I like that, man. Prop bets again. You know, you could go for just, you can go for a Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, in my opinion, for KO or like a over two, over two and a half rounds decision win. Conor McGregor is a what's he a plus one hundred and Dustin's a minus one thirty. That's great odds, man. I'd go just a poise stoppage, man. I'd go, I'd go finish definitely, man. Uh, I'd be all over that. Minus even one, minus one twenty is great money. And um, so yeah, that could change during the week. Don't forget because the closer we get to fight time, you know, you might get a lot of people putting money on, putting money on the bet. So don't expect that to stay the same. That might switch over because you might get a lot of people jumping on the Connor train because uh, they see Connor's plus money. But man, there's some good odds there. But 
man, that is the UFC 264 card. Like I said, Will couldn't make it because of family family commitments. But, uh, you know, he's my boy. I love him. Got a lot of time for him. But, look, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. I love you all. Take care of each other. Enjoy the fight game. Enjoy each other's company. Enjoy the comments. Talk to each other. Make this happen. Let's have an MMA community at the MMA Huddle, people.